Welcome to the Rock Guitar Confidential Podcast with Ryan and Scott. Today's episode, New Bands Part 2 slash Underrated Bands You Need to Know About. Let's get on board. I think uh, Camelot is a good name for a band. It would be. Uh, Well, it would be cool if you all dressed up as Kennedys. Yeah, it's all cosplayers, really. Like Rose on vocals. (laughs) I was actually thinking more like round table kind of thing. They have like, you know, like there's one of them tries to steal the other one's wife. And then it's diatragically or something. Like Teddy on bass. Teddy on bass. He wouldn't be able to handle it, man. He's too, you know. No, he's he's, he's the big rock solid guy, and then Bobby on his, drums. Let's just say his liquid assets would keep him from being able to keep a rock solid, you know, line going. <laughs> That's all I can say on that. Well, I would do, with with JFK on guitar, he'd blow the audience away. That's true. And then absolutely. Get, get, never mind. I'm not going to go anywhere. And then Rose on on lead vocals uh, in her black dress. For man, every this gig. is this is some very very specific audience <laughs> we're making this conversation for right now. Well, the people need to know their history. That's true. The history of, like, you know, Camelot. But right. Not not the Guinevere, Lancelot, Guinevere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys, hey, thank you so much for listening. This is the Rock Guitar Confidential podcast with me, Scott Allen, and, and over there is... Ryan Bow. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this episode is going to be strange. We're only, like, 12, 13 episodes now. I don't know how many episodes This is episode in. 12. Uh, and we're already doing a part two episode. So today we're going to be tackling underrated bands from back in the day and slash new bands you should be aware of because listening to our previous podcast we realized there's like a million bands we've got to talk about yes. so um so this will be underrated slash and or new bands part two yep exactly right so this is just bands to kind of uh turn you on to i think one common uh, complaint i hear a lot is actually that there's no good rock anymore that you know hey man all rock sucks the only good rock stopped being made in like 1991 and I always say, well, there's a lot of great music actually from like the mid 70s through the early mid 90s that a lot of people didn't know about, and especially like late 90s, early 2000s bands that were sort mm-hmm. of under the radar because they really weren't getting pushed. They're really good that people should know about. And then there's a bunch of new bands too that unfortunately, because there's not really radio anymore that exists, and whatever rock radio does exist, it's like the same 20 songs on a nonstop playlist forever you know what i mean um so you kind of need to help turn people on to those things too so that's the the purpose of this podcast is to say hey guys there's other stuff out there you should be checking out if you like classic rock and metal what do you think what ryan what's your thoughts yeah you just have to dig a little harder to find it it's not like back in the day where it's on the radio like oh that's cool or turn on tv and like oh man who's this new band this is pretty amazing you know right yeah you're just going to be presented with more post malone (laughs) <laughs> if you're very unfortunate, then yes, that's the, true. The post Maloning. You know, I gotta tell you though, if all the music. if all the face tattooed guys I've seen, he's definitely one of them, for uh, sure. Yes, you know? abs- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I got I got into a bait uh, into a debate a bait. I got into a debate with my buddy last night about post Malone. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah, well, so we were watching the latest season of Beavis and Butthead, and uh-huh. I'm happy to report that Beavis and Butthead are. Ripping on Post Malone. Okay, that's good. And TikTok videos. Yeah, so, so that's doing service to humanity right there. Yeah, so so it's, you know, things have turned. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I said something to the effect of, like, why is there Post Malone? Why mm. does he have a music career? Yeah. But he's got face tattoos, man. Yeah, and, and my buddy was trying to explain. He said, well, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like Eminem, you know. He came up, and, and, and I just asked, what is Post Malone good at? Yeah, he's like, well, what's Eminem good at? And I said, Eminem's good. Eminem is good at rapping. Yep. Yeah, I, now you may or may not like that, but he's able to say certain words in a certain cadence, and they occasionally rhyme. Yeah, he he can rap well. Yeah, 
as well as one can rap as well yeah. as one can rap yeah so so he's at least good at doing that yeah well yeah, i think that's so funny I, I think i've had this conversation with you i don't know if we've done it on air before but i, I remember one a while back and it blew my mind because i remember talking to them and saying like i don't understand like why why do people like this stuff like some edm artist or some like post malone style person or uh, you know machine gun kelly or even like uh, ariana grande or selena gomez and stuff i'm like I, there's just nothing there musically happening it's it's the most Benile, banal yeah, stuff. And what they told me and that blew my mind is that, well, they maybe just like them. They just think that they're cool. They like their celebrity. Instagram page. They like their you know, Facebook page or whatever, you know, their TikTok videos they make. I'm like, what? It's not about music. I, I'm like, it's, oh, so it's not about, okay, that explains why they're popular because their music couldn't be it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's And I remember thinking, I don't give a crap about what your Facebook page is. I want good music, man. Yeah, it's I, like, I asked my buddy point blank, what is Post Malone good at? He's, well, you got to know, you, you came up at a certain time. Just answer the question simply. Eminem's good at rapping. Yeah. What's Post Malone good at? Yep, Eddie Van Halen. Right. Yeah. Just just tell me what it is. What's the thing he's good at? Yeah. It's, it's, I think I it's weird. I couldn't get a straight answer. If you can't answer the question simply. It's almost like taking the MTV thing where it became a visual medium and like making it steroids where like the only thing that matters is what you're wearing or what you're doing. And it's yep. not even about your music at all. That's almost a secondary thought. You know what I mean? And. Uh, that's something I can't relate to. I think also that's because you and I both grew up in a time before social media where it was just kind of this weird abstraction. Like, oh, MySpace, that's kind of cool, I guess. You know, whatever. You know, we didn't really think much about it. Right. But if you grew up and you had Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter and, and, you know, all that stuff is your whole world, then, of course, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense why someone who's like 19 or 18 right now would be kind of obsessed with that. I also don't think that even if you and I were around at this time at, at that age – that we would be, we definitely require more quality. We need more substance to what we're listening to. No doubt. And yeah, to be and fair, most of our students probably do too. And that's yeah. why they come to see us. Yeah, that's true. Most musicians generally do. I mean, that's they right. want to hear good playing. You know, that's kind of why we play music. You know what I mean? And I think um, it's the people who are like the not musicians who don't really have any kind of, because it's funny, if you talk to someone who's not a musician, whether they play saxophone, piano, guitar, or whatever it might be, they just don't have a, pre a point of reference for what's good or bad. Everything sounds equal to them. Right. So they hear like, you know, Jeff Tate from Queensryche and they hear like, you know, uh, Selena Gomez. There's like the same. You know, it's the same. Yeah, they, you know, they, they don't they, they don't hear they don't know what auto tune is. Yeah, they don't understand what yeah. range is or pitch or understanding how to navigate melody or or how to have interesting chord changes. They Head voice versus yeah, chest voice versus yeah. you know this is going to be something with harmonic extensions with elevenths and ninths and things like that. And then the transition is going to be this. You know, it's that it just doesn't matter to them. You know, and to a degree, you could say, okay, well, as long as it hits them a certain way, then the art is doing its job. But at the same time. Uh, I also want more from my art than that. I don't want it to be just so cookie cutter. It's almost like, you know, in a pinch, like an egg McMuffin is fine, but sometimes I want to have a real breakfast too. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, I, and I want more people to want to have real breakfast. Yes, and desire to have more. And what is it really like to have a real breakfast and what's the difference? Yeah, and, I want and, people to know what spinach is. Yeah, know that trash is trash and this is and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes everyone wants to have Domino's pizza sometimes. You know yeah, I mean? every like, now and then yeah. you want to have a bag of Doritos. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. fine, but don't yeah. say that's like, oh, this is a French laundry concoction. You know what I mean? This yeah, is, you're not going to eat Doritos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, exactly. So to me, that seems a difference. And I think I've said this before that, like, you know, there's been terrible music being made every time, every generation, every year. But sure. it's like you kind of need to have that. It's like the good with the bad. But it seems like the, the menu is filled with like Doritos and, you know, like uh, Oreo cookie cakes and stuff like that. It's like it's like yeah. nothing else on the menu. You know what I mean? It's, you know, one of my buddies arguments for we're, I'm taking our podcast in a whole tangent right now. We will get to the underrated bands. I promise. We, we will. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and his whole thing about Post Malone, 
was uh, all about, well, you know, technology was in a certain place and, you know, that's that's the problem. Yeah. Without technology, there wouldn't be Post Malone. Yeah, or EDM or huge amounts of music that's being made right now. You know what I mean? Marshmello yeah. wouldn't have a career. DJ Khalid wouldn't have a career. I don't even know what yeah. DJ Khalid does. I don't care either. It's it's And he's already not as popular as he was two years ago, and he's like even less popular than he was six years ago. So it's like... Yeah, and that's an honest assessment. I had yeah. a student mention something about dressing up as Pitbull for Halloween, the, the bald guy yeah, who... Yeah. I don't really know he's what like he does Miami. either. He's like from Miami. He's like from Miami. That's my understanding. Ah, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, just, I don't know what he does. On that same note, it's funny. And I just all say I like Bon Jovi, but sure. I remember like I was like recording my second album is a long time, like maybe ten years ago. And I remember my, being in the studio with my bass player, and we were, somehow Bon Jovi came up. He's like, you know, I just don't understand why they're so popular. I mean, I like Bon Jovi, okay, but they're like crazy popular for what they are. And he looked at me, just like, I don't know, they're from New Jersey. <laughs> and I was like, is that a cool thing to be Wait, from New Jersey? What? I mean, it's like, I, I don't, yeah. And what gave you that clue? Yeah, I know, but I also don't understand. Like, well, well, why is that a cool thing from yeah, New Jersey? I mean, why I, is I that a thing? I don't. I mean, turnpikes or your thing? I don't know. It's I, I don't get it. But I, I did actually. New Jersey is the site of the world bird watching world series i don't even want to know how you know that uh, i watch real sports with brian gumbel oh okay and there's a world there's, series it's, of it's bird competitive watching. bird watching <laughs> and it's all it's all done on the honor system Did someone like okay? cheat like i totally saw it dude it was right there dude that there's bird was amazing. Ivy, there are ivy league bird watching teams <laughs> there are there, there's a there's a whole subplot in the episode about how the the cornell guys what one of their their team captain left and went to Harvard, so now the Harvard team has the oh, former has an inside has track. the former all star from Cornell. Those guys are all on the bird watching team, all on the on the juice. Right, yeah, yeah like, I, <laughs> I can't wait for the follow up when they do the performance hands, enhancing drugs for the bird. Like, like they get, they have carrot juice to make uh, their eyesight super keen. Nice. And it, and, it, and it all works on the yeah. honor system, too. So yeah, that's all you, the rhodopsin they're going to gain in their eyes when the vitamin A gets gets metabolized. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's going to be their performance in absent. Yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, it's 24 hours. They oh. start at the stroke of midnight, and they go 24 hours with no sleep. And what they don't tell you is that's the very end of a two-week-long Beth binge. Yeah, they're on a total bender. <laughs> they're all, yeah. <laughs> so they haven't slept in, like, months, dude. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where they... One guy spots a bird, but the other guy is just dismantling the camera. <laughs> it's half words that they, they hallucinated that they thought they saw. Right. You know? and, and again, it's, it's on the honor system. Right. Nobody checks to see if you actually saw that bird. That it's, it's totally the honor system. All right. Well, I'm going to bring us all the so, way back to yeah, where we should go. Sorry about the tangent. So new right. bands... Slash underrated slash bands. underrated bands, part two, The Revenge. So let me start off. The first one I want to do is mention a couple of new bands. I'll mention it. Let's just kind of go back and forth. I'm thinking. One new band that I felt horrible that I didn't mention in, in the previous podcast is a band called Firewind. Mm-hmm. And that is Gus G's band. Uh, and that band is awesome. There was yeah. a lead singer. The first, like, I guess the original lead singer of the band was a guy named Apollo, which is so appropriate. He's from Greece. So, so his name is Apollo. But that guy was awesome. He was like a great singer. And they've had great singers since, too. But I got to tell you, I mean. Apollo was a great boxer. I hate what Drago did to him. He's also an amazing god. Him and his sister are on this. Oh, my God. But um, no, what I'm trying to say, though, is that that band was incredible. So if you guys can ever hunt down any like the first five, six Firewind records. And then even the newer ones he've done has been great, too. Because Gus is a killer writer. He's a great writer. Absolutely. And the keyboardist in that band is a multi-instrumentalist keyboardist guitarist. So he plays second guitar and keyboards and does bitching solos and stuff like that. So that band is legit it's kind of melodic power metal um sort of somewhere between the scorpions and like iron maiden 
but maybe slightly more melodic. I was is uh, isn't the main tune? It's like I am the fire. That's one. That's his instrumental. That's, that's instrumental. okay. So that's uh, so songs like, like Mercenary Man's a good one. Okay. Um, Breaking the Silence is a good one to check out. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, there's a, so many. There's like a lot of that band is so great. Uh, so really, really go check them out. Uh, I'm trying to think now that that band is another band. that's kind of in that same movement. I actually mentioned to you just a few minutes ago is the band called Camelot. Now Camelot is spelled K-A-M-E-L-O-T. Uh, and there's been a few different iterations of that band that they still exist in, with a different singer, but that's another band in that same sort of goth melodic metal kind of power metal world. Great vocals, great hooks, great riffs, great, uh, great solos and stuff. Very European. So if you're not into the European power metal thing, you might uh, might not be as into it. But that's another band, and right along with Firewind, I think is a part of that power metal European movement, um, mm-hmm. like a Blind Guardian kind of world that is is worth checking out. They're actually really great. Sort of melodic goth. Yeah, melod- but like more power metal-y than that, you know what I mean? Okay. So they're not like a goth band. They just have like gothic sort of moments to it. So not necessarily Dracula's Haunted Castle, no. but... More like, let's look at the evil ruins of like the Romanian countryside or something like that. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, okay. Kind of thing. So Dracula's Castle's in the foreground. Yes, it's more but... the other atrocities going on beyond that. But it's, they sing about... I mean, Firewind <laughs> especially is like a, a band that would fit right in in the late 80s. They wouldn't have felt out of place at all you know what i mean so yeah i wish i wish gus g had had a longer run with ozzy yeah but you know, they really didn't let him do anything but just keep the seat warm you know what i mean so yep. it's like he even wrote anything he just got brought in to play solos on that one had record solos yeah and, but they, even the songs were so like mediocre i mean it was just you totally tell it's just like let's just get whatever for ozzy to sing on and it's fine yeah and, which is to me is such a sad thing that that standard got lowered that much i feel like you know? ozzy's kind of like to stick with the the boxing analogies He's, he's kind of like a boxer who's been in the ring past, like, he should have retired. And the George Foreman at the end sort of thing, yeah. I mean, even George got one more, you, you know, one more belt. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't see Ozzy. I don't think Ozzy's belt. long for this world, I'll be honest with you. I don't think so, I yeah. I think we're getting towards the end of the run of Ozzy. So I think he keeps talking about going to do another tour and stuff. And yeah. It's kind of like, ah. That's I'd be very surprised if that happens. You know what I mean? It, it would have been nice if he had finished his career strong like like Ronnie James Dio yeah. did. Like, Ronnie, Ronnie never lost a step Radio vocally. City Music Hall thing and with uh, yeah. Heaven and Hell. Yeah. Until, until it was all over. Yeah, yeah. Right to the end. Yeah, yeah just right, right to BB the end. BB King-ish like that. Just right yeah. to the end. Died on stage, basically. You know what I mean? It's, Yep. Yeah, or Nick Menza. Hate to say it, but that's yeah. You know, yeah. God, right? That was too bad. So, do you have another uh, un- a new band slash underrated band? Well, I have an underrated band of sorts. So uh, I'm gonna give a really strong shout out since since we're talking about Ozzy and Ronnie, this will be a good segue. And it's kind of its own band, even though they went under the the Black Sabbath moniker. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give a shout out to the Tony Martin era of oh, Black yeah, Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Cozy Powell on drums. It's Tony Iommi. It's Tony Martin on vocals. Somebody played bass. It wasn't Geezer, but it's probably just... Ainsley Dunsmore or something like that. Not, I'm sorry, not, uh, Neil Murray. Probably Neil Murray, if I had to guess. Oh, yeah, maybe Neil yeah. Murray. That's yeah. right. But I mean, it's just the bass guitar, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Somebody he- playing bass. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Eternal Idol, Cross Purposes, and Headless Cross are just severe albums. Well, you know what's funny is as soon as Ozzy came back in the Sabbath, they basically just pretended like the Dio and Tony Martin and every other singer, Ray Gillen, Ian Gillen, you know, versions of they all kind of just pretend like that didn't happen. Like it didn't happen. Yeah. And I, I think I read something to the effect that uh, Tony Iommi 
wanted to just make those solo albums. So they're basically Tony Iommi solo albums, but the record label wouldn't let him change yeah. the name of the band because they, they wanted to sell more. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to sell more. They thought it'd be more recognition. But uh, I remember, I remember distinctly being fired up when Dehumanizer with Ronnie came out and really digging that. And then shortly, like two years later, Cross Purposes came out. And it wasn't Ronnie anymore, so I didn't really give it a chance. Yeah, didn't Jolyn Turner get in there for a moment, too, for Black Sabbath? Or maybe I'm thinking of Deep Purple. I don't know. Probably would have been Deep Purple. I mean, th- there definitely wasn't a studio record with Jolyn Turner on mm-hmm. it. Okay. I might be thinking of Blackmore, because uh, I know he got in on one of those. There's a bunch of like singers that got interchanged a bunch of that time period. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, with uh, Rainbow, you know, Straight Between the Eyes, that's a great album, too. Yeah, it's true. It's you know, true. I, th- I think Rainbow as a band is underrated oh absolutely yeah, yeah. everybody knows man on the silver mountain but yeah. people and they, I think most people think that's a dio song too they probably don't even realize that's a rainbow song yeah you absolutely I mean? right but what about kill the king and yeah. uh tarot woman and so much great blackmore stuff. was great man he was, he was great. so far ahead of his time he was great player. in the studio yeah and even live i've seen some great old footage of richie blackmore playing great stuff like unbelievably great like more than i would have thought he'd been capable of yeah, I've yeah. got that uh, that Rainbow Live in Germany DVD. Uh, That's a physical media thing. Yeah, folks, it's a physical media. It looks kind of like a drink coaster or a Frisbee. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you used to put it into this machine under your television, and mm. it w- and then images and sounds would come out of the yep. television. And that's uh, a thing that's, <laughs> that's not your phone that you watch things on. That's or, yeah, the, that's, that's exactly. That's the thing your parents look at. <laughs> Although, you yeah. know what? I bet you could look up the whole performance on YouTube. I, I bought the DVD at this place called a record store. That's so funny. that you really, absolutely, I've so many times in my life bought a Blu-ray and then came home and then realized that whole Blu-ray is on, it's YouTube, just on YouTube. just right there. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, what did I just do? You know, it's like. All right, so um, yeah. let's go into. I'm going to get an under. Actually, no, I'm going to do one more newer band that I forgot to mention last time and I felt bad. It's a band called Epica. And oh, Epica cool. is a symphonic metal band, uh, female fronted, really, really cool band. The one complaint I have about Epica is that they're not quite as heavy, which is kind of the case with a lot of the female fronted symphonic metal bands. But they're very melodic, and the songcraft and tunefulness is very good. And they do have good solos in that band. So if you're into the the sort of Wind Temptation, Nightwish, um, you know, Evanescence sort of world, uh, a band called Epica is really, really, really good. Um, that's definitely worth checking out. That's another band I think that if you like that style, you'll be into. Yeah. So yeah. not as heavy, but the solos are epic. Uh. So and it's Epica. The whole song is the songs are very epic and kind of almost like classical. They have like these big orchestral parts and stuff, and both heavy guitars behind it too. Um, and female, you know, beautiful female vocals. It's almost like it kind of crosses the line between rock singer and opera singer, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I love, I love like hard rock slash metal bands with awesome female singers. Yeah, and that band's one of them. So that, to me, that's like a group of, there's like the Lacuna Coils, the uh, Within Temptations, the Night Wishes, the, the uh, Epicas. Those guys are all kind of a cohort in my group, in my mm-hmm. mind, totally. of, of kind of similar kind of bands. So if you're into that kind of European symphonic metal, that would be a really good one. Yes, yeah, so if you want something that's a little bit more, you know, straight between the eyes, so to speak, <laughs> then I'd recommend there's this band called Ex Aegis. Yes, that would be also female fronted, but not really symphonic metal. It's really more a hybrid of like a classic hard rock and like power metal. I would yes. say it's kind of okay, a hybrid between those two, you know, with a little bit of prog thrown in for good measure. A little bit and just and killer ripping solos yeah. at all times. And great melodic vocals the whole time, too. Yes, yeah. indeed. indeed. We should so. probably mention that uh, Ryan and I are guitar players and co-writers of all that uh, stuff in that band. So. Yes, X-Ages. Yep, you got Don't it. forget it, X-Ages. Yep. Coming to uh, some way of hearing it near you sometime this fall. That's right. Yep. Okay, do you have another uh, another band you want to mention? Hmm, another underrated band. Well, I think uh, I think before we began the broadcast, 
we wanted to give a shout out to Michael Shanker Group or MSG yep. or Macaulay Shanker Group. Yep, really, which I'm sure Michael was never on board with that. Yeah, oh, God, no. Uh-uh, no, no <laughs> I'm no. sure it was like in his mind, no, it's Michael Shanker Group. We're not doing that. Yeah, Macaulay. Um, Robin Macaulay Robin, is a great Robin, vocalist. Robin, yeah, Robin Macaulay sure lucked out uh, having that initial. Mm-hmm. That definitely. Yeah. I think that band is very underrated. A lot of great songs, a lot of great melodic hooks, and great. I mean, Shanker is not like a, a shredder per se, but he plays with that just touch and attack and uh, and kind of fierceness that is. Oh, like absolutely! So lot, great. I lots mean, lots of mixing major and minor modes on the fly. Yeah, and then throwing in enough diatonic stuff with some, you know Dorian and, and minor and mixing those guys together. And, and I think he's not. I'm sure he's not thinking language in his head like, oh, I'm going to do Dorian here or something. He was sort of no, not at there. all. Um, and it sounds cool. It's, it's it's just I think the ferocity and the attack and then yeah. the songwriting and the riffs are great. Yeah, know? just listen to the solo from on and on. If you want to know how to attack a pentatonic scale, yeah, then that's the tune. It's, it's always thinking that when someone says, "Well, pentatonic scales, you don't use them in metal." It's like you don't. <laughs> no, you do all, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's absurd. I, you, then you start just punching them in the face over and over again, and then black out, wake it, up in a field <laughs> later that day or something. <laughs> yeah, and you know, whenever I introduce pentatonic scales to a student, I always start with, "Okay, listen. Here's the thing about the minor pentatonic scale, which is the major pentatonic scale." Yeah. yeah so um, this is the one you're going to use more. Than yeah, this any is other the one scale. you're going to use. Yeah, this is yeah. the common language of. Of rock music, it's the common language of blues, it's the common language of a lot of country stuff. R&B. Yeah, so the thing that's great about the pentatonic scale is that everybody uses it. Yep. You know what sucks about the pentatonic scale? (laughs) Everybody uses it. Yep, it's kind of like that girl in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like in South Park when they tell uh, Kenny that, uh, hey, Kenny, your girlfriend's a whore. And he goes, woohoo. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you've got to, you know, a player has to know how to make that their own. Yeah. The, not the girl in high school. Yes. The pentatonic <laughs> scale. They have to learn how to make that their own and, and deliver it in a way that is authentic, tasteful, all of that. The hard and that's part, part is of the challenge. uniqueness. That's the hard part because so much of that, that vocabulary has been well-trodden territory for decades now it's like to try and make that sound like anything that hasn't been heard a million times before is very challenging yeah uh, you know but sometimes you'll find that's exactly the right tool for the job though which is crazy yeah if you're working at a steakhouse serve steak thanks for listening to rock guitar confidential with scott and ryan hey by now all those bands that were underrated in the first half they're overrated now because you're all listening to them so make sure to like and subscribe smash that like button now back to the show. Yep, it's true. Now, yep. one other band I want to mention that this is going to be more in the underrated category. And in my mind, this is probably one of the most underrated bands that I can even think of. And that's the band called Fate's Warning. Now, oh, Fate's yeah. Warning is a great band. They've been around forever, too. They've been around since like 85. Like, I think Awake in the Guardian is like 85, 86, or something like that. They're a prog metal band. Um, kind of people think of them as a contemporary dream theater, but they actually predate dream theater. They're more um, about the same as Queensryche. Came out around the same time as Queensryche. Definitely a lot of similarities to Queensryche mm-hmm. in the sense that the vocals are very, very strong, very hooky. Um, they were much more, pro- I would say early, they were more, way more metallic, way more sort of like on that sort of armored saint, uh, maiden kind of feel. Uh, although Queensryche was too early on. 
Um, but they were a little bit more proggy too. They would go off in these really interesting time signatures and stuff, and they'd be more extended solos. Uh, not quite Dream Theater level extended solos in terms of how long they would go on for, but they would be more extended solos than like Iron Maiden would do. Yeah. Um, and then they sort of morphed into like a very, very tight progressive metal band where they were doing really interesting like Rush meets Metallica type stuff that w- is incredible. And I, I mean, uh, obviously, if you like the earlier edition, like think something like Awaken the Guardian would be a good place to start. To me, classic uh, Fate's Warning is really uh, perfect symmetry, uh, parallels, and then um, Inside Out, and then probably finishing with a, a perfect shade of gray would be like the the best ones to kind of get your feet warning feet wet and then they have a, a later career that's like the uh, one album they put called x they have an album they put out it was um uh I'm trying to think uh, disconnected which was really great and then they've had two very recent ones uh, one was the theory of flight and then they had um uh, darkness in a different light is another really good um album they put out all of them incredibly great like there's just great stuff dripping off every section of that it's incredible. That band's amazing. They've done many, 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 many tours of Dream Theater. They're like really tight buds with those guys. Was the silence truly deafening, <laughs> as, as, Dave, as David St. Hubbins proclaimed? <laughs> that band, though, I, I can't understand why they're not bigger than they are. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a band that kind of reminds me of King's X that way. Like that, that's Ooh, so, King's X. so good. Yeah, and then, so like, good. And so universally loved by musicians. It's like, but you're still not, they're still playing clubs for, you know, 40 years into their yeah, career. And it's, that's music that uh, you would think would kind of transcend genre. Mm-hmm. You know, Gretchen goes to Nebraska. And I think uh, Fates is, is, a, is not quite instrumentally wanky enough to, to appeal to the dream theater slash Chon Polyphia crowd uh-huh, to the guitar uh, nerd, but it's also set. too cerebral and too, um, too muso for like your average metal fan. I think that's kind of yeah. the niche they're falling into. And same thing with, with like King's X. They're also too muso for your average music fan, but they're also kind of undefinable genre wise. They're sort of like all over the place. You know yeah, what I there's mean? There's just such, there's such a groove in King's X. Oh well, yeah. And, and great. Everything. Soulful everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ty Tabor is a great guitar player. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, the tones um, are great. The production's great. The songs are fantastic. Who, who wouldn't want to have Doug Pinnock in their band? Oh, for sure. And a lot you of people know. do, actually. He plays with a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. He did a... KXM. He, remember that? With uh, Ray Luzier and George Lynch. Oh, okay. I think I heard about that. Yeah, KXM yeah. is a very cool band. Isn't it's, Ray Luzier? He's... Uh, he plays in Corn now, but he's played with yeah. everybody. Okay, yeah. Yeah, got he's, it. He's, he's like, so he's getting a paycheck. Yeah. And, uh, but, Dude, how does he tolerate like playing those Corn songs? I guess, ugh, he's, com- he's coming undone. I'm sure that's what it is. Uh, uh, but, um, I guess he's just a freak on a leash. <laughs> it's true. But the highly paid freak on a leash. You're so right. Like, yeah. The paycheck must yeah. be enormous. You can have your, your he can have his, uh, what's his uh, artistic integrity and, and go play clubs or he could go play, you know, big festivals and arenas with corn. And, you know, yeah, God, isn't that the truth? It's amazing to me that there's people like our age who have nostalgia for corn. That, that actually blows my mind. Yeah, I've I, got I, a, I, I as opposed to a storm we weathered and thankfully made through. They actually look back at those and like those were good times, man. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think be, being into corn, uh, man. Oh, uh, jeez. I have a student who, I mean, that was the, and he's not that much younger than I am. Maybe only two or three years, but that's the music of his youth, Limp Bizkit. I, I can't imagine admitting to anybody yeah. that I actually liked Limp Bizkit. You know what? I bet Fred Durst doesn't even admit that. Yeah, I don't even know if Fred Durst admits to being Fred Durst. That's true. I'd, I'd go under. Would you? Would you admit? <laughs> no, <laughs> my uh, name's Joe Smith. I don't even know what you're talking about. You got right, the wrong yeah. person here. You know, I'd, I'd con- yeah, I'd contact the FBI to see if I could get in witness protection. Exactly, or witless protection. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> zing, ha ha, take that Huzzah. guy take that. who's way more 
successful than me. <laughs> Guess we know who owned who now. You know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm. Well, hey, success isn't defined in money only. That's well, that's true, especially when you don't have money or success. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I do it for the art, man. Uh, well, so you know, I, I'm sure we'll have to set up our Patreon soon. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? I think that here's what I will say in a serious note about that is that I've never been the kind of guy who could do something I didn't truly love musically. Yeah. And that's I, I just couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't do it for a paycheck. I know people that I went to school with who's like, hey, who cares, man, as long as the paycheck. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to live that life, man. Yeah, I totally. Don't wanna, I don't want to be playing music I don't believe in. And honestly, you know? and I don't want to be earning a living not involved in music. I've no, done that, and it was just soul no, crushing. Well, of course not. But like, you got to find a way to do both. And, yeah. But you can't like say, hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the biggest possible paycheck. I'm going to do yeah. what I want to do, and then find a way to make that work financially. That's you right. Know I mean, that's that's. We'll talk about that on a whole. We'll talk about podcast. that. We've got another one yeah. coming up. Yeah. So you mentioned there was a song by Fate's Warning called Inside Out, or an album. The album called Inside Out. Yeah. Got it. So that brought the band XYZ to mind. I think we talked about those guys last time. Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they, yeah, yeah. We XYZ did, we is did. awesome. I love that band. Yeah. Yeah, when you sure. mentioned Inside Out, I just went bing. Yeah. But okay, now another band, I'll piggyback on that, the prog metal thing, is a band called Watchtower that came out around that same time. Uh, and it had two brothers. I can't remember the names of the brothers in that band. They have names that are hard to remember. I think it's Jim Bezek, maybe, you don't want to say? Uh, I think, is that the name? Do you know what the, 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 I can't remember how to pronounce the last yeah, name. Yeah, I uh, don't know. But they're one of those prog metal bands, kind of similar to Fate's Warning, a little bit heavier, a little bit, I would say slightly more on the, the thrashier side, but they're mm. not quite thrash. Uh, and they're definitely that heavy duty instrumental complexity, really um, impossible to define stylistically because it's a little bit of everything. Uh, and that's another band I think people need to be aware of is Watchtower. Watchtower. You know, from okay. that time period. Are so, they kind of like the striper of, of Jehovah's Witness rock bands? No. The Watchtower? <laughs> not. I think Watchtower, no. it's, okay. they're, they're, they remind me of like a cross between like rush and sabotage maybe that's probably a good way to kind of put it that sounds awesome that, that is awesome and that's a that's a band that's really really cool that is worth checking out um so do you have another very cool i do have another one so this is gonna sh- sort of shift gear stylistically a little bit but uh i remember around 2006 2007 um it seemed like there was this real movement of s- uh, sort of I want to. I, I kind of want to say throwback rock bands. Uh, the band I'm about to mention, I think, got lumped into the stoner rock genre. So remember when Wolf Mother hit? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Mid? And it, we, I remember thinking, well, this is a cool move in the right direction. Yeah, kind of Doors-ish, right, sort of thing. Well, it was kind of. There was a little. I want to say it was a little Zeppelin-y, Sabbathy. It just it had. You know, the dude had played an SG. Yeah. I kind of think the Mars Volta hit around that same time. Yeah, that's right. The Mars Volta, yeah, yeah, with a bass player from Racer X. uh, Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Juan Aldretti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, when he's in Racer X, he's John Aldretti. (laughs) When he's in the Mars Volta, he's Juan Aldretti. When he's in the Benetton ad. Yeah. Yes, who I who I hope is doing all right. I know he had some health issues. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, uh, Paul Gilbert auctioned off one of his Racer X era guitars. Oh wow! It was uh, one it of the helped. pink ones. Yeah, to help yeah. out with his that medical sucks. bills. That sucks, man. Well, we mm. we live in America, I the know. only country where you go bankrupt because in the developed sick. world yeah. where you get sick. Yep. Yeah. So well, you know what? You should have pulled yourself up by bootstraps, man. Yes, or or by your brother-in-law's bootstraps, yeah. or, or your employer's bootstraps, or the <laughs> right, or the uh, the 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 medical company that dropped you because you hit your cap and now yeah. you have to lose everything because you have cancer or damn it yeah. if you couldn't have harnessed the power of nepotism uh, 
Anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a slight political aside, but it's it's pretty gross that anybody has to do that. And it's funny the rest of the world looks at us like we're crazy, that that's yeah. the way our system works. It's not so. Anyway. So that you know, so that so there's another one that could go into another episode, but yep. uh, so or probably not. We'll probably never come back to that again. <laughs> Listen, everybody, whatever your political affiliation, as long as you're not in some horrible racist or jingoistic thing. You're welcome here. I don't have Yeah, this judgment. podcast yeah. is for everybody. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. I didn't mean to go off on yeah. I, I just think it sucks that Juan Aldretti was sick yeah. and that people had to sell their stuff to help him get not shouldn't sick. shouldn't happen. That's Go-fundies all I'm shouldn't exist. My, yep. my daughter has cancer. Please help. That's... Yep. I think we can all agree yeah. that sucks. Yep. I yep. think so. Yep. It's true. So, um, so the band I'm thinking of, they're called, they were called Priestess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Their first album, Hello Master, had... Uh, had some uh, killer songs on it. It was a little bit more. Um, I, I actually heard the song on the radio, um, driving home from a party. And the radio is that thing that's on the background when you turn your car on, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, like I, I had just bombed with uh, with my friends, hurt one of her friends at a party, and uh, the the song was called "Talk to Her." Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I didn't. I didn't respond to some correspondence, and so I kind of botched it. Oh, okay. That's that's sort of like the... Oh, man, it still bugs you, and it's all these years later. That's, well, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't bug me. I love that I discovered this song at the right time, like driving home, just kind of defeated and hungover. Yeah. And it was just the right song at the right time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if everybody listens to the tune, they'll totally get it. Yeah. But uh, so that's... And there's a ton of great, uh, like, really powerful grooves on that album. Um just just really killer stuff. It's it's it, there's an element of sabbathiness to it, but it's hard hitting and it's catchy. Anyway, so so there's that first album, Hello Master, and then a couple years later they released a follow up album. Um, I, you know what? They they were kind of like high on fire, just light. Yeah, like not as heavy as that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not as heavy as that. So a little catchier than that. It was just it was really cool stuff. Well, so on their second album though, they went way proggy and way heavier it kind of mm. reminded me of how uh skid row's first album had the ballads and the it was yeah. a little bit catchier a little bit more like mainstream yeah, yeah and and then you know most most bands on their sophomore effort would try to get even more poppy yeah yeah but skid row didn't do that they got heavier priests yeah. did the same thing they yeah. got heavier and proggier huh. um and their second album was killer and then the label dropped them Oh, how perfect! And they were—they were just one of these bands that was—I was discovering all these bands from up in Canada, hmm. or or recordings. Uh, another one from that time. There's an album out there called uh, "The Lucky Ones" by Pride Tiger. Huh. And it sounds—it sounds like Thin Lizzy. Oh wow! It is so great. It's like Phil Linot rose from the grave and made the best album of his life. Wow! That's and that amazing. says a lot because I love Thin Lizzy. So yeah, that was totally. another one. And then and, and then researching the band, apparently they were all death metal guys that decided they wanted to create a Thin Lizzy sounding album. Yeah. And it's just very, very good. Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah. Killer well, you stuff. know, it's funny. Along those lines, of uh, we talked about this a little bit last uh, on the last uh, new bands thing. There's a, a couple of uh, uh, sort of super groupish type bands that people should be aware of. One of them is a band that my band was lucky enough to open for on their last tour, which was a band called Act of Defiance. Now, Act of Defiance is uh, the band that features uh, Sean Drover and Chris Broderick from Megadeth. 
uh, along with uh, I think it's uh, Matt uh, from uh, Shadows Fall on bass, and I think it's Henry is the lead singer in that band, um, and really good band. It's kind of in that sort of modern metal sort of uh, metalcore-ish Shadows Fall style with the screen vocals and melodic choruses, uh, but with Chris Broderick on guitar. Just Rad. ripping your face off, the guy. It's so cool. Well, and, and, Dro- and Drover's no slouch. Yeah, either. exactly. That band was really good. So they put two records out. Definitely worth checking out. And then another band that's another super group is uh, Black Country Communion, which oh, is yeah. a band that everybody should be aware of. That's with Joe Bonamassa on, on guitar, uh, Derek Schrenning on keyboards, uh, John uh, Jason Bonham, not John Bonham. That did not bring the bring him back from <laughs> the Jason Bonham on drums, and then uh, Glenn Hughes on vocals and bass. And that band is legit. They're kind of uh, deep purpley sort of uh, heavy rock, like 70s-inspired heavy rock. Uh, and it's really fun to hear Bonamassa playing like a rock player. Uh, that's something yeah. that's really, really cool. Uh, there's also another band. I can't – this is where my research is failing me. There's a band that just recently come came out that's got um, Steve Stevens, Geezer Butler. Whoa. Um, and then the drummer from Guns N' Roses. Uh, like Matt Sorum. Matt Sorum. And I'm not sure who the singer is. There's a new, a new singer in that band. It's, well, I, I think, it's, uh, the singer is I think the band's called Deadland Ritual. Uh, and that's a really cool, you know, obviously a great combination of different people in that band. And it's all guys everybody's heard of before, but people don't know the name of the band. Uh, and that's something that I think is something worth checking out if you're a classic rock and metal fan. And then the last one I'll hand back to you is I want to mention is uh, a band called Symphony X, which is another band that anybody who likes prog metal needs to be checking out Symphony X. That's uh, Michael Romeo is the guitar player. Russell Allen's the lead singer in that band. No relation. I'm not plugging yeah, in. You have, you have a bias towards the Allens. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, but that band is great. And there's just so many great records. And in fact, if you like that, you should also check out Michael Romeo's solo stuff, too. It's actually fantastic. Um, yeah. So it's underrated guitar player, really. Yeah, but yeah, but strangely enough, everyone seems to know who he is. But he's just like, he, he, I think he's such a, he just does what he wants to do and doesn't fit in any kind of trend. What I love it, I respect so much about that, is that he didn't even back in the day give a crap about that you yeah know i mean he's just like even back in like the late 90s when that band first really broke he was like i'm gonna do you know ingve meets yeah. prog metal sort it, of thing and it's kind of impelitary like yeah as far as that goes but i would say uh is a little bit more um like sheer power like kind of thing mm-hmm. and i think he's more finesse than than, than uh Impel- not i'm not that's not so that's a good either way but, yeah that's a good uh, evaluation not, not that michael can't rip your face off too it's just one of those things i feel like his stuff's more nuanced i think impelitary yeah. is like like a freaking machine gun yeah just, pedal to yeah, the metal all the yeah, time exactly yeah. uh and, but that's another band so you go ahead do you have another uh, underrated slash uh new band well well you know when you mentioned um when you mentioned Black Country Communion, for some reason, I immediately think of Winery Dogs. Oh, Winery Dogs is great. Yeah, yeah so yeah, great. I love Winery Dogs. That, yeah, I, can't wait. I didn't think about those guys. Those guys are great. Yeah. Well, and, and then Richie Kotzen, just in general. Yeah. What he's doing right now. So if, just to kind yeah. of, if you guys don't know what Winery Dogs are, that's Billy Sheen on bass, Mike Portnoy on drums, and then Richie Kotzen on guitar and vocals, it, which obviously, if you like know who any of those guys are, that's instant buy. And I, sorry, not to go. No, go for it. Go Another for band, it. Uh, Sons of Apollo. Is another band you should check out because that's Billy Sheehan on bass, Mike Portnoy on drums, Derek Schrenning on keyboards, uh, Ron Thaw on guitar, and Jeff Scott Soto on vocals. Oh, right. And that band, yeah. is, that band is like a kind of a Dream Theater ish. It's sort of like a 90s version of Dream Theater style music. Yeah. Um, with very complex stuff, cool songs. Soto's a great vocalist. And, oh, yeah. And obviously, Derek is a monster keyboard player. And it's that band is just incredible, man. That's if anybody who's a fan of like prog metal should absolutely be supporting sons of apollo that band's great that sounds awesome yeah. man. And, and actually anyone who's a fan of melodic rock should just uh 
You should just go find the Jeff Scott Soto Wikipedia page and check out every album he ever participated in. Sing on in. Rising Forest, man. And yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's right. And yeah. then um, what is, he's got a song called Lost in Translation. Hmm. Uh, the first track has Neil Schoen on guest guitars. Yeah. And then the rest of the album is uh, a guitar player by the name of Howie Simon. Oh, wow. Who is a real personal favorite. Really yeah. tasteful guitar player. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got the shred chops, but uh, the guitars on that particular album... Jeff Scott Soto's Lost in Translation album, his solo album. It's it's definitely one of my top 30 favorite guitar albums. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the the Steve Perry album with Lincoln Brewster on lead guitar. That's another, that's a really good record. That, I think it's uh, For the Love of Strange Medicine, the name of that album. Cool. Uh, and Lincoln Brewster, who's kind of on to be kind of a, a big in the Christian music circles. I, I was just, like yeah, I was just wondering, like, do you mean that Lincoln yeah, Brewster? Yeah, but I mean, at how the many time, he was, he was like a hard rock Not monster. to be confused with Lincoln J. Brewster, kind of like Yngwie J. Malmsteen. <laughs> I, I just didn't <laughs> From know all the other one. Lincoln, no. Right, yeah. That album, he's playing like a monster. He's, he's just got incredible chops and this just ballsy kind of rock thing. I think... Uh, Boy, I wish he had stayed in that that vein because I would really like to see more of that. You know yeah. What I mean? But uh, that's another uh, guitar player that was great on that. The album is it's an underrated album. It's by Steve Perry, lead singer for for Journey, um, and it's called "For the Love of Strange Medicine." Really, really, really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so speaking of the the Journey connection, I, I'm I'm totally willing to admit. I really loved Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Of course. Yeah, VVI, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah, Mark Ro- Slaughter and Dana Strom, too. I mean, On the second album, yeah. and it was Robert Fleischman yeah. on the first yeah. album. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know who that is, he was the original singer for Journey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so- mean, that's. I think that band's very underrated. I think Vinnie Vincent did a very strange... Uh-huh. Sort of self-immolation kind of thing that he kind of you know yeah. took himself out of the game almost you know yeah but uh, Bob, Bobby Rock the drummer um, he has a memoir out oh I can only imagine it's it's a really great read it's yeah. it, it's 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 a page turner and it just chronicles his whole time from getting plucked to to be in Vinnie Vin- from auditioning for Vinnie Vincent Invasion mm-hmm. to to getting the gig and the whole experience the whole way through all the way he also the went on to be the drummer in Nelson after that right that's right he uh, currently a- drummer in Lita Florida Lita Florida I believe yeah that's yeah. right yeah. It's, it's there's an interesting anecdote he did the session work for the first Nitro album oh wow but if you, if you look at the photos he's wearing the you know the big reflective Oakleys of that era. Mm-hmm. You know, he he lo- he looks like a, a WWE wrestler. Yeah, that's true. Because you know he's buffed. Too. All right, brother. Yeah, all right, play brother. Some drums. Twenty-four inch pythons. Yeah. yeah, right. And uh, he says he wore those glasses because he had to do the photo shoot, but he wasn't really a member of the band. Oh, so they can be replaced in yeah. someone else. <laughs> Is it really that, that big of a contest to get into a band with Jim Gillette and Michael Badio back in the eighties? Though, I mean, yes, man, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> so. So uh, Nitro, by the way, guys, is uh, Michelangelo Badio's, uh, one of his original bands that he yeah. kind of got known for. Uh, so. Super nice guy. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. Great guitar player, too. Yeah. But that's like an early version of that band. Uh, definitely a, a leader in guitar education. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, has a thriving teaching practice of his own and does yep. very well at clinics and touring. Yeah, he, uh, he, you know, I, I have to, I, I got to thank him personally this past year for giving me the keys to the Lamborghini. And he said, you're welcome. <laughs> so that was really cool. I mean, it was all via text. But yeah, uh, yeah so thank you officially, Michael Badio, for yeah. giving me those keys. That is so cool. I've man. been driving that Lamborghini ever since. So I'm trying to think. There's probably a few other like underrated bands that uh, we got to try and get. Underrated slash new bands that we got to try and get some pub to. Um, 
I, I can think of, uh, there's one that's kind of a super group. This came out a long time ago. It's from like 2004, maybe. It's a band called The Mob. Uh, and that oh, was yeah, yeah, Doug yeah. Pennick, Red Beach, uh, Kelly Key from Night Ranger was in that band as well. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. Very, very cool stuff. So that's another band I think people might be, need to be aware of. Also, I mean, everyone probably knows this, but another band I'll mention is Liquid Tension Experiment, which is uh, basically the very, very early incarnation of the Jordan Rudis era of Dream Theater. That was Petrucci on guitar, Mike Drums, Tony Levin uh, from Peter Gabriel and King Crimson on bass, and uh, Jordan Rudis on keyboards. That band is all instrumental, progressive stuff. Uh, they put out three records now. Um, great, great pro- instrumental progressive stuff. So if you're into, if you're a fan of like the very hardcore, oh my gosh, there's a few other bands too. I got to mention. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay, there's uh, in the early uh, 2000s, late 90s, there's this record label that was an offshoot of Shrapnel Records called Magna Carta Records, and Magna Carta Records had a few bands on that that were actually really great. And I'll mention a couple of them. One is a band called Cairo. And Cairo was awesome. They kind of reminded me of like a like a, a more progressive hard rock version of Yes. They had similar kind of vocals to like classic Yes, like close to the edge era, you know, um, going for the one era Yes. Uh, and but it was like more modern production, kind of crunchier guitars. Uh, but that band was really great. And there was another band called Shadow Gallery that came mm. out around that time too. That was kind of more in the Queensryche vein. Um, and I thought those guys were really great. Um, that that's a band that I think should have made more noise. But basically, that sounds like a Rod Sterling TV series, Shadow Gallery, Shadow Gallery with they, Rod Sterling. Will they ever find their meaning in life? <laughs> yes, that's find right. out next on the <laughs> Shadow Gallery. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, uh, but no, that band's really great. They're kind of heavier. Like they kind of remind me of like a proto uh, Symphony X almost. They kind of had that same all the same elements as Symphony X. They just were a little bit more, I would say, classic metal uh-huh. rather than than um, than the more heavier stuff that came later. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. So that, that's another band that's definitely worth checking out if you're into the prog gear stuff definitely the prog gear stuff would be more than that i should probably give them a shout out too there's a great record it's only it's like a super group almost like a project record called the explorers club that mm. came out around that same time uh and it was kind of a grab bag of all kinds of different musicians like james labrie sang on that some of the guys from cairo and shadow gallery sang on that they had mike portnoy on drums they had uh, derek shrinian on keyboards they had kevin moore on keyboards they had james murphy on guitar jump oh Pucci james on guitar. murphy yeah they had a bunch of different or disincarnate I think oh james murphy's solo album. records are yeah. great man james murphy who played for a short time in both uh, death and in testament um really 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 great guitar player um, so that, he also played an obituary for a while, didn't yeah, he? He's kind of made the rounds, and yeah. he actually, like the newest incarnation of the celebration of spiritual healing from death, uh, he actually is playing guitar. He's one of the guitar players. Wait, yeah. wait, now there's a new incarnation. Well, it's not. They're doing like some tributes to, to I think, try and uh, promote like this new. I guess there was a new um, like uh, release, a new like remastered version. Or that's something. cool. And they were doing like a, some celebration shows, just a handful. So that's Paul Masvidal. All, I, I don't like, know. I just know that James Murphy's playing guitar, and that there's one of the guitar player in that band too. That's uh, cool. I wonder if it is Masvidal. I think I'm pretty sure it's DiGiorno, been... Steve DiGiorno on bass, I want to say, who makes he... amazing pizza, by the way. I was going to say he makes amazing pizzas. <laughs> yeah, he did the punch Damn on it. that one. Sorry, Ryan. I, I, guess... I, I was loading that I was loading that up, and then you beat it's me to the delivery. punch. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. DiGiorno. <laughs> DiGiorno. <laughs> uh, do you mean Steve DiGiorgio? Is that his name? Okay, yeah. I, uh, okay. Maybe that must be what it was. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, like, a, he's, he's like, playing in Testament now. Yeah, he's like the 
Tony Franklin of death metal. Death yeah. metal. Great. Death metal, death metal. If you heard the newest Testament record, Titans of Creation, oh, I'm he's sure playing it's great. some incredible stuff. Him and, him and Skullneck playing off each other is actually pretty great. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and shout out to out. Eric Peterson, too, for keeping that alive all these years. Eric Peterson's yeah. such an underrated musician. Such man. a good dude. He is also like such a great riff writer. I mean, he's like, yeah. he's not at all appreciated in that world enough how good he is. Yeah. Like, his riffs are great. If you go listen to any Testament record, there's like killer stuff. I mean, like, that's the thing he brings to the table. He's actually he's a great songwriter. He's got a great sense for like hooks and melodies, even though it's in the thrash metal world. Yeah, I mean it's he's very underrated. I mean everyone talks about Hetfield and Iommi and Dave Mustaine. No, Eric Peterson. Not yeah. taking away from those guys, no, but no. Eric Peterson deserves to be exactly in that same conversation. Yeah, without he's, a doubt, dude. He's same, unbelievable. Same you know? quality, and yeah. you know, he still shops at his uh, local music store. Yeah. It skips music. It's true. It's very, very very cool guy. Good dude. Yeah, and it, I mean I can't. I feel in a way angry that he's so underrated. I mean all the yeah. Testament fans love him and how great he is but it's like i mean testament as a band uh, it's there's all the obsession over the bird yep you know metallica megadeth slayer and anthrax yeah. but i mean testament i mean i know they're the, the second wave of, of thrash or whatever yeah, you got like the overkills and like uh another band i death really angel death angel's great they're actually. great yeah death angel's a really great band I, yeah I, that act three and then they, their newest stuff's been great too i mean it's like uh, i don't know there's not a drop off with that band that band's good yep, Every, all the time you know shows up for work and they just kick ass you know there's not anything uh there's just nothing to, but stuff to love. In what yeah, they do. nothing but stuff to love. I remember yeah. reading an interview with their guitar player, and he was talking about at a certain point, the record label made them change the name of their band to DA, just initials. Because they were going in law. That was basically what it was. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, district attorney. And they had yeah. like an offshoot band called Assistant DA. Yeah. <laughs> ADA. And they make really great preamps. This is my other band, Paralegal. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know. yeah, so I thought that was interesting. You know, they were in an era where. Death Angel was too controversial a band. I mean, I'm sure Megadeth had conversations about changing the name of that band in the 90s. I'm sure I wonder if I wonder if that's why it, there's you know why it's D E T H. Hmm. I wonder why Megadeth is spelled that way. Yeah, I mean, I think he was trying to be clever back in the day, but you probably. Know. But that being said, I'm sure in the 90s, especially when they started getting more mainstream, like Countdown to Extinction uh-huh. and the uh, Cryptic Writings, which I love those records, but I don't have any problem with those yeah. records at all. But I think I'm sure they were probably trying to maybe move away from the death, the mega death, you know, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I uh, I just read an article. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. It popped up on my house about how. Um, it was a song off. Of, what's the last album with Marty Friedman on it? Uh, that would be, uh, uh, oh my God, what's it called? It's one with the euthanasia. It's got the crush him. No, it's like this. Uh, risk. 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 Yeah, okay, yeah. so I think it was Risk, and wh- whatever the the hit song that was supposed to be radio friendly. That was Crush him, I think. Was it Crush him? Uh, yeah, crush him was to, like in, they're going for the WWE soundtrack. thing or something. That, that. Yeah, so yeah. so I guess Marty contributed a solo, but it was a Marty Friedman solo. Yeah. And the the record label said it was too far out there, and so Dave ended up recording the solo, and Marty was pissed, rightfully yeah. so, yeah, that they didn't use a solo on the song, yeah, because they were trying to make a single. Out I gotta of tell it. you, it really it makes me sort of nostalgic for a time when a, like a major record label would be caring about anything to do with a metal band, <laughs> even uh, to have well, a conversation yeah, about that's that. Another, yeah, like, that's we're, a whole what's, other. What are we doing with the radio? Like, no metal bands even can sniff radio these days. So it's yeah, like, yeah, well, radio doesn't even exist it, these yeah, days. Not, it's not, whole... not the way it did. No, nope, sure. not at all. Yeah, which was crazy. So that's probably so a good yeah. place to start wrapping up. All right, well, I'm sure we're gonna come back in like another two months and have like a whole bunch of bands we completely forgot, like this this group. Yeah, well, I think this is. 
going to be a recurring yeah. a recurring segment like a few other segments of yeah. ours will be recurring as we uh, get into the groove of rock guitar confidential and hopefully this kind of gives you some heads up on some great bands to check out and if you know depending on where you're coming from musically hopefully you'll find some of these newer or older bands that maybe you missed that, that and find something you really dig and that could be part of your you know your life from that point on yeah and you know? hopefully for those of you out there who are guitar players you'll find some new points of inspiration and uh, get some cool new ideas and new perspectives exactly all right well thank you so much for listening to the rock guitar confidential podcast with ryan uh we will have socials up shortly uh as well as our you know uh feed for you kind of yell at us and tell us how terrible we are and all that stuff please make sure to rate and uh try and subscribe to this only podcast. five star reviews yes i think if if you uh you know yeah really just five i think there's five stars if you really don't like us then they could go four stars that's the 4.5 yeah something like that that's that's yep. what we're looking for so you know just, just think about that and uh, do the right thing so good all right thanks Bye. thanks <laughs>